and we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 232, aka season 3, episode 52, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And those call in numbers for you to dial 303 335 9527 or 303 835 1301. That's 303 335 9527 or 303 835 1301. So, what is going on with you this week, MC? Uh, not, not a whole lot. Just chilling in Hawaii. So, so um, we discussed a little bit, uh, pre-show as we get our vocal cords warmed up and, and lubricated and ready to go. Um, the democratic debate happened this week. And of course I didn't watch that train wreck. Uh, and apparently you <laughs> didn't watch that train wreck either. So no, so no there's not much to say about that. Um, aside from the one issue that comes up and I don't, I don't think between us we're ever going to have like a meeting of the minds and a resolution towards it. So I was hesitant uh, to, to lead the show with it, but you said, no, let's talk about it on air. So here we go. Uh, Andrew Yang, hashtag gang gang, uh, decided that he's be, he was going to be giving away a thousand dollars to 10 lucky people, right? Just, just bribing them (laughs) with, with some private uh, universal basic income, I guess, as, as proof of concept. Uh, of some way and i don't know apparently that's going to be legal it seems <laughs> seems strange to me and uh and the reason i didn't want to bring it up is because like i said we we never come to an agreement on universal basic income um but it seems odd to me that he would that he's still pushing it number one that people don't understand how it works number two uh, but you wanted to talk about it mc so what about uh yang yang's plan of this a thousand dollar charity gift giveaway to a few lucky people um, got you thinking. Well, I I don't think his uh, his giveaway is in any way relevant to the idea of UBI because um, you might as well uh, count uh, you know lottery winners in with that. You know, it's just it's just a it's just a prize. Um, sure, but he's pitching it as as you know what what ubi would look like like use these 10 people to gauge and and think for yourself and wonder if this is what ubi is wouldn't this so be beneficial to you is is he going to take away their other benefits you know like uh you know okay so you, you don't you no longer get uh you know food stamps or uh, health care provided uh, cheaply or you know any any other benefit from the government and and, and replace it. so because that's that's really the way the UBI could work. That's the only way it could work is if is if you cut some other government program that is too expensive, and then you can give people the money directly, and then they can spend it on the shit they need or want. Sure, and I, again, I don't want to I don't want to get into the weeds, but I still don't think that that would work. Uh, but so what you're saying is this in order for his little promo to work, he has to the, the people that win the money have to give up all all other forms of government aid to really to really test the theory of you. Right. Yes, exactly. And if they and if they don't do that, well, then, it, like you said, it's a tantamount to winning a lottery uh, like, you know, 10 people win the yeah. lotto and just get, you know, 12,000 bucks for the year or whatever spaced out yeah. over the month. And then the other part of that is that if if uh, the well okay in reality I think that 
the whole system is going to crash anyway. It's it's uh, the U.S. is basically bankrupt at this point. I think the interest payments are going to be higher than our entire military budget pretty soon. So, um, and interest rates are you know really low right now. So it's as soon as interest rates go up, it's just impossible. So interest rates can't go up. Um. So, but yeah, basically, there's, there's nothing that's gonna save anything. But if we had to restart the system now, um, well, we'd have you know, cu- cutting all unnecessary government programs, which is you know pretty much all of them. Um, then if if you wanted to do it cheaper, I think giving people money directly would be cheaper than administering all the government programs that currently hand out uh, yeah, yeah funds. Okay, because the the current the current system is is a money pit and it's it's very inefficient and it rewards um really uh you know bad behavior so like any government office if they do a bad job their solution is to give them more money (laughs) and so they do another bad job and this never ends right well yeah and they do a bad job toward the end of the of the fiscal year uh, so, so that they can get their budget uh, increased for the next year. And if if you don't use the budget, you lose it. And so you got to you know you got to keep that thing going. Um, yeah. In gov- for government programs, but you you're you're also saying that you believe. Uh, it, and whereas I don't disagree that it might be more efficient to hand it out. How do you how right. would you say that the UBI program wouldn't be a money pit? Because it seems like again, if well, looking looking past the whole like taxation stuff, and you know the government can't give out what they don't take from somebody else. Um, sure, because that's all always covered, and it, I think it goes without saying on this show. Um, just the fundamentals of UBI. How would that not end up being a money pit in your mind? It it might it might end up being that way. And there's a, a case I think it was in the, yeah in Alaska where it you know the the tax distribution or, or the, 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 what do you call it? The profit distribution from, from the oil proceeds that, that all the, all Alaskans get. It's like, it used to be $2,000 a year and then uh price of oil went down. And so it went down to a thousand dollars a year. And then, and then there was an election and it, oh, the, the idea of raising it back up overshadowed uh, everything else. So that's the only thing people cared about at that point was, uh, raising the UBI, getting and, their free money, right? And yeah, who wouldn't vote for that? Well, exactly. But at the same time, they're they're what they're not doing. They're not worried about. Uh, they're not voting for increased uh, welfare benefits besides the the UBI, right? So they're not they're not asking for more government programs for everything that they can think of. Um, so in a way, that's a good thing uh, because they're not growing uh government so people get their money um and then they pay for you know private industries to do everything else so at least in that way it's it's better but um can it then turn into well every year it's just uh the politicians promising uh you know ever increasing ubi that's the biggest danger to me is that 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 would happen and i, and I think it would and that's one of the reasons why if UBI, UBI is going to be successful, it has to be done sort of uh, privately or voluntarily. 
I want to I want to go back to the the Alaskan distribution real quick because I don't how can they it how can they vote for an increase in profit sharing right like wouldn't it just be you know like what if what if there were no profits that year what if the price tanked so much where there there just wasn't enough profits to be shared right like they're not giving out dividends on stocks uh, because uh, they 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 missed their financial marks um, but yet they're they're on the hook somehow to taxpayers. Uh, as a you know, as as part well, yeah, of the... I think I think that's what ended up happening in Alaska. They were going to cut some other government programs so they could fund uh, an increase in the in the payout. Okay. Um, so, I guess part of my confusion but, if it's if it's if it's profits from oil companies, how does how does that translate into less government programs? Maybe I just don't understand how the distribution works. No, I'm just saying politically that the people are not asking for more. Uh, for more government programs right. because they're they're too focused on uh, that that carrot on the stick which is the sure the the free money right right which could eventually you know depending on the oil market could eventually dry up right like i said if, if the oil companies have a bad year and yet they're on the hook to play to pay all all citizens of alaska you know two yeah. grand or I mean, an ever increasing amount that's that's just I was just using example uh, Alaska as an example, but it's not a perfect example because it's not uh, guaranteed, and that's yeah. why it, that's why it went down. It was that, yeah. it was two thousand dollars a month, or um, yeah, two, two was it two thousand a two, year? Two thousand a year, and then down to a thousand yeah, a year. Yeah, for, but it was two thousand for a long time until right. you know oil prices crashed, and it was kind of yeah nobody nobody saw it coming, but. Uh, that's my confusion. Was, How did they vote it back up when it's when it's based on profits? No, they, well, they were voting for politicians. They weren't voting on the actual. Okay, a, but politicians active, were promising to raise it back up. Yeah, they can promise all types of things. Okay, I, I, that is true. Okay, I don't so, know why they would believe that. Like, we promised the oil companies going to make enough profits this year to pay you five thousand well, dollars a year. So, so when he got elected, then he. Uh, he was able to raise it back up to sixteen hundred uh, uh, per year per person, um, and but he he did that using government funds. Oh, Not, yeah, see, so yeah, taxes basically, but um, and cutting other uh, government spending in other places too. Okay, well, yeah. So, so it seems responsible it's, on the surface. Well, I mean. I said, it's just just an example. Sure. But all right, please do go on then. Yeah, I, I forget where we were besides talking about Alaska. Like, or <laughs> it, well, it was the com- it was the comparison to the the Yang plan of how UBI could be done uh, effectively. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Like, if if Yang wins the presidency by promising everybody free money, I think it's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it's and especially as we're going bankrupt. Um, but think I think speed up the decline, like you know. Uh, I I don't know. Does it matter? I, there's there's no way of telling at this point. Like what what would speed up look like? I mean, can you can you really blame? Like it, the crash is coming. Like that's just a fact. And so and we don't know. There's no way to predict when it's going to happen. Um, so there's no way to to say one thing is going to cause another thing. Um. Could it be? Could it be the catalyst that that starts the collapse? Sure. 
Sure. Um, but anything could be the catalyst. You know, it's like when the crash happens, then we'll say, then you can look back and say, oh, this 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 started it. You know, <laughs> but not really. It started a long time ago, um, and the crash is de definitely going to happen. So, but yeah, I think I think a, I think a lot of people would trade all the government welfare programs for some cash. And I think it would be much cheaper um, with the caveat that once people start getting free money, they're going to want more free money, right? <laughs> or they're going to start then, wanting their old benefits back. Like, how come I don't get a check and my food stamps? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I get can, a check and free health care. I can, I can see that, but I think most people, like, if it's if 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 we're living in a democracy and people have a have a choice of politicians to vote for, they'll they'll vote for the one that says we're going to give you free money and scrap your your welfare programs. Sure, and again, and, so. and the politician that says that we're still going to give you free money and we're bringing those programs back will get elected in the next cycle. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't. Mm, you can have your cake and eat it too what no well yeah because when when you're voting for people to do it right because uh, what's what's on the table right now i i just going by the the democratic debate like the the, the talking points because again you didn't watch it i didn't watch it um i yeah. see the clips and i i see the issues being discussed yeah. right Healthcare for all free college for all universal basic income and yeah, and 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 we're taking away your guns, right now. The, aside from the taking away your guns, uh, the other three is all money for nothing programs, right? And it, and if you're saying we're going to get rid of if you're if your UBI plan, that I, I understand it's not your plan. Uh, if you're saying that the the best way is just just to give people the money, and then they can spend it on that stuff. Well, no one's gonna. I don't think anyone's gonna then say well. No, no free health care, no free college, uh, because now you're getting $1,000 a month, right? They're, they're, no one's going to talk about uh, cutting food stamps. No one's going to talk about cutting public schools, right? Because that's another you know, freebie handout, taxpayer-funded government program. I don't think that that's going to be off the table uh, with the introduction of UBI. And even if it comes off the table, I don't think that people are going to allow that part of it to continue on uh, with with the with the uh, implementation of UBI, right? UBI is gonna it's gonna be there, and people are still gonna want those other freebies that they've become accustomed to, um, because I don't I personally don't think that uh, the twelve thousand dollars a year for UBI would cover all the expenses that people think they will incur, uh, including that, that now having to pay for their own medical bills, uh, having to pay for their own schooling, uh, having to pay for their own growth, like. All of those, all those bennies don't add up uh, to twelve thousand dollars, right? I I think that they're getting a lot more uh, monetary value benefits than what the yeah, UBI so would be. Certainly, a lot of people are getting more than twelve thousand in benefits, right? Um, and but, once they realize they don't have enough money at the end of that twelve thousand, they're going to want the bennies back. Yeah, but I don't I don't think they're going to be the major majority of people at that so, point. So I think, uh, I think I think Andrew Yang is is going to if he wins, it's going to be because uh, a majority of people can use the twelve thousand dollars more than they can use the 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 benefits. Sure, 
Well, and I, and it's mostly because there's a lot he's going to give that out to everybody, right? Not just people currently on government benefits. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, all right. And so, and and that, and I think it's 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 a. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say brilliant because, like, it's 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 really it's really childish, to me. Like, it's <laughs> it's so it's so simple. Uh, sometimes simple is elegant and simple is good, but it's like it's it's too obvious like it's 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 too obvious of of a bribe you know it's like like saying free healthcare is one thing right like oh everybody should have access to this like and then you don't have to explain how you're going to pay for it or how much it's actually going to cost or which know. they never do right but but when you say oh i'm just going to give everybody free money it's like <laughs> really <laughs> that's that's a straight up like there's there's no way other to think of it than than a bribe like hey vote for me he'll give you money like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's exactly what it is and then yeah and, and again to to pull that off in the debate right 10 10 people 10 lucky individuals are gonna win the andrew yang thousand dollar giveaway now obviously i'm being a little bit hyperbolic i don't those weren't his exact words but i mean that's basically what it is you know, yeah. Hey, ten, somehow, ten people are going to have to like apply for and qualify for, um, and then be selected to be to to be the proof of concept uh, of UBI. And it's it's just not like this. This is again what I was talking about pre-show is that even if it works, right? It's on too small of a scale to to extrapolate out all the way to the entire country, and it's more of a private private charity giveaway, or like you said, MC uh, on air. Uh, more of a a uh, lotto winning, right? There's there's no way that this translates to real UBI, even if it works. Um, and an article that I didn't bring for show prep but that that covered this a little bit um, from I, I believe it was Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, don't quote me on that, but but find it was basically that you know again the these giveaways that work these all the UBI examples that play out aren't actually UBI at all. They're they're private charities. Uh, and they're they're handled, you know, they're they're monetary giveaways um, by by private companies and private individuals. So even if even if they all work and they go like this, see this could be UBI. Like no, this is an example of private charity that's you know apparently working. Um, and then uh, on the same token, if UBI gets implemented uh, at the federal level, uh, you know, and everyone gets it and it fails, that's not a knock on private charities. That's not to say that private charities. Um, giving out fundings for those in need would not work um, at all. You know, I'm, some there was it's it's been floating around for a little bit about people using GoFundMe uh, to pay for their medical bills because you know a lot of times insurance doesn't cover it. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. GoFundMe is like the largest private insurer for medical bills in the in the world right now, something like that, um, based on all the donations. And mm-hmm. you know, and, and again, it's not it, that's not an example of how uh, medical care for all private, you know, uh, health insurance for all uh, is why is what we need, right? And it's an example of private charities being able to, you know, bear the burden uh, for all the, for, for the medical costs. And if you unlock that door and you open up, you know, more, you open up the opportunity for more insurance companies or more private charities to get into that, uh, you might see that play out more so than just giving away the goods uh, because it, it sounds like a cool election promise. And people are upset about that. They're like, we should not live in a world where GoFundMe, uh, you know, is how people pay their medical bills. 
It's like, well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like the perfect way to do it. You know, the other ones, we should not live in a world where, uh, you know, coworkers have to donate their sick days so a professor can go get chemo treatment. It's like, well, why not? You know, that's, that's, that's the, you know, that's people privately donating to a cause. That's exactly what we'd, what we'd want to see. Here's another one that gets me and I'm, and I'm tired of hearing too, cause we're talking about, you know, uh, moving on from the UBI just a little bit. Um, cause I, it, it triggered this, eh, it triggered, what a strong word. Uh, it, it sparked this thought in my head as I listen to other, uh, radio shows and podcasts. And one thing that always comes up is, um, like rural internet or, or you know, high speed internet in rural areas, mm-hmm. uh, and how the, those people are like stuck in the stone ages and they go like, well, this obviously needs to be, you know, a government program because private industry won't do it right because there's no money to be made in in running you know fiber or you know cabling or or wires to to the rural areas to get the handful of people out there you know high speed internet because mm. there's no money to be made private companies won't do it that's why we need the government to invest quote unquote the money into these things so that those people can be covered and it always it always makes me like scream on the inside right because if private companies aren't going to make a profit doing it Government's not going to make any money doing it, and you're already admitting that it's going to be like a net expense, a net burden, uh, net debt on the government, which then is like you know the- theoretically a net debt on society, uh, and the, the, you, you're not going to recoup any of the funds. So the, these these commentators just want the government to be more wasteful with spending, knowing full well <laughs> that they'll never recoup the money. And so a lot, and I, I, again, it, it sparked the thought because it's just another giveaway, right? It's another, it's another, uh, it's another UBI. It's another free healthcare. It's another free college. It's now, you know, internet to areas that should not have internet. And if you want internet, you shouldn't be living there areas, um, paid for by not the people living there, right. But paid for at the burden of the taxpayers, uh, to the, to the detriment and debt of the U S government. So I just wanted to throw that out there, MC. Do you, do you uh, just as a question? Do you, uh, how do you feel about rural areas uh, getting high-speed internet at taxpayer burden? And what's the problem with that? Um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't stand these people. Uh, I. I mean. Is stay in your lane still a thing? Because I feel like when I'm listening to these other shows, they they ought to just stay in their lane. Right. Do, do the thing that you do and the topic that you're you know, good at speaking to and then just stay in your lane. Don't don't start speaking of politics and government spending because that's that's not your issue. That's not your forte. That's not your expertise. <laughs> Am I wrong? Is that weird? I don't know. <laughs> OK, <laughs> here's the th- whatever you want. <laughs> here's the thing. I have sometimes I have thoughts that run through my head. Right. And then I have to check them against somebody else's thoughts just to see if I'm being irrational or, you know, or, or a little over the top or a little outrageous. Uh, just, just because like, I, I know how my brain works. Uh, and I know I can go a little bit overboard and a little bit beyond, uh, in some cases. Right. And, and so I, I have thoughts in general, you know, sometimes about politics, sometimes about anarchy, sometimes just, you know, about whatever. And then I go like, huh, I need to reflect on that a little bit more. And then I reflect on it and I go, nope, 
first thought was still right. Like I, I, this, this should, should be a thing, you know? And then I, but then I have to check it, right? I have to check it against someone else, you know, just to see. So here's an, here's another example. Cause that one was just a thought to check against you. Um, but I'm sitting at work, uh, at the, I, I'm the manager for a storage facility and the a customer's moving out. She's got two units. Uh, she's, you know, downsizing down to one. Um, and she's got to be out, right? Just like, Hey, your due date's up. If you don't want to pay for another month, because that's the way it works. Uh, you got to get your stuff out today. And so she does sort of, right. She doesn't get it out that day. She gets it out first thing the next morning. So I'm, I'm like, all right, fine. Close enough. We'll move it out. Um, but then she leaves her stuff like in the driveway, blocking other people's units, like doesn't actually remove it from the property. I go, all right, I understand you're working on it, but you can't have it blocking other people's doors, you know, like just consolidate it in front of yours for now. And that'll be good. And she goes, oh yeah, no problem. And five minutes later, she comes driving by going like, Hey, I'm just going to run and come and go to get a cup of coffee. I'll be back in like 10 minutes. Like, well, did you consolidate so it's not blocking the doors? She goes, no, I just, I was going to do that when I get back. I go, well, no, no. (laughs) If they show up wanting to get into their unit, you know, what am I supposed to tell them that you went on an errand and you'll be back in 10? No, go, go fucking do it. And then you can, you know, and so this went on, uh, like four days for four days. She just had her mess of shit in my driveway. Um, and so finally I, I called her and I left a message and it was a very harsh message. Um, my coworker overheard it, overheard it. And I basically said like, you know, last chance, either, either the stuff is gone or I'm calling the dumpster guy and you're evicted like that. I'm not, I'm, you know, you were taking advantage of my leniency and we're, we're done. And my coworker goes, well, that was harsh. Right. And so I, so I had to explain the entire situation going from like Monday to Thursday. Right. That sounded harsh to you, but here's where we're at from Monday. Right. And then I asked him the same thing I asked you. I was like, am I being too harsh? Right. Is that, is that unreasonable for that to occur? And he was like, nope, totally reasonable, man. I'm like, good. So I'm not, I'm not, this is not one of those cases where I'm overreacting or being unreasonable or being irrational or not, you know, not taking the time to self-reflect on things because I know that's a me thing. I know that's something that I need to work on. Um, and so I do. So I, I like, you know, sometimes I just like to bounce my thoughts off of other people who, who might think the same as me in your case, or might think a little bit differently than me in the case of my yeah. coworker. I, I think uh, most, mostly I'm on, on your, uh, on the same page as you. So, right. But in certain cases, like, you know, when it comes to politics, um, I, I, I assume you're going to be on the same page as me, right? I'm not, it's not like a devil's advocate position that I'm trying to like, you know, trying to weigh out here. Like we do the devil's advocate thing occasionally here, but for the most part, you know, political things, well, of course we're on the same page. Um, for most things, UBI being the, like the weird, weird exception where, you know, I don't even know, you know, I, I get it. You want no, to see not, someone try I'm not it. saying it's, it's, it's right for the government yeah, you to want to see UBI. someone try it. But yeah, and and I, I, it's, and it's also kind of like my politics goes like like I like I don't want Hillary to win, so uh, I think it's much more entertaining that Trump is in, right? <laughs> like yeah, it's it was much more interesting this way. It has, well, and, but it, now it you're not Trump again, right? You you've switched that like, up as of last week. 
Well, the the tariffs are uh, the 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 line that he crossed for sure. It's just, <laughs> and then if he doesn't realize how stupid they are and and you know walk back on them, then uh, then it's going to be a disaster. So, um, well, did he walk back a little bit? Because he he China waived some tariffs, some some China waived some in industry goods from ch- tariffs. And so Trump was a little bit more lenient with his with his tariffs as well, right? So I mean, like all all that you know, ten yeah, steps I, back, I, and they're finally making a few steps forward, kind of a thing. And it could just be because he likes the attention. So I I don't really know. I don't but, doubt that at all either. Yeah. So I forget what I was saying. Oh yeah, our tariffs. our politics. Yeah. Our our stupid our our stupid politics that that yeah it's it's like like. Obviously, I want the government to go away, but if they're going to be there, it would be funny to see them uh, try to implement UBI. Okay. It would be, and like I said, a crash is coming, and so a lot of these programs, a lot of the current programs are going to have to go away. Um, So I don't know. Who's going to be the politician that takes them away, though? Right. There's there's gonna be mm. there's gonna be some some politician, well, Republican or Democrat, holding the bag at the end and they're gonna take all the blame. So no one's going to no one's gonna be the politician that says, you know what, this is out of hand and we gotta like, you know, tighten our belts and strap up our bootstraps and we really have to really make some changes, America. Because we I mean, can't I let think, this go on. I think all you can do is look at other countries. So you can look at what happened in Venezuela, you can look at what happened in Greece, um and eventually there's just there's no money left to pay the doctors and, and they they leave because uh, they got better things to do well that's what i'm saying at some point that happens and there's gonna there's gonna be some politician who's going to be scapegoated basically for that right like the the the, the collapse started long ago right you're in the midst of it now and eventually it'll come to a head but no one sees that as this case, right? No one sees that it's already started. We're in the process of it. It's going to be, you know, well, we well we elected Bernie president, and now look what happened. And so, you know, he's going to ta- he's going to take the the fall for all the mismanagement for the you know the past decades. Yeah. Well, it doesn't um, matter if he takes the fall or not. The, the the people that are getting the benefit benefits are just not going to have them anymore. So that's true. I, I mean, I get that, but what I'm, I guess my point is that which, which politician, no politician is going to come out and, and say, like I said, strap up your bootstraps and, and tighten your belt. So they're all going to overpromise, um, and whoever overpromises the most, I guess, is going to end up holding the bag because they're, they're going to be the ones trying to give out all the benefits <laughs> when there's nothing, <laughs> nothing left to give. Right. All right. Fair enough. Headlines? Or do you sure. have more? Let's do it. This will be a fun one. It's it's rather long, uh, but I think it'll be fun if we have the if we have the time. The indigenous man who declared his own country. Uh, headline: Like most government central planning schemes, zoning laws raise the cost of living. Uh, headline: Did California just kill the gig economy? That's another one. I mean, I'm gonna move that one kind of to the front just in case. Uh, but that's another one that the 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 ramifications of what California just did is astounding uh headline don't hate me because i bag my own groceries uh headline don't give politicians credit for a growing economy 
And finally, headline, cop prevents students from advertising fake pot brownies outside free speech zone. <laughs> uh, so any place in particular you want to start this week, MC? Well, anywhere is good. All right, man. What's more? All right, heads or tails, what's more important, the indigenous man or uh, California killing the gig economy? Mm, I don't know. All right. We'll do California because it's local then. Uh, headline, did California just kill the gig economy? Uh, the gig economy was never meant to be a traditional sector, so treating it as such belittles what it actually is. California may have just passed a death sentence on the gig economy. And like the, I'm going to jump in real quick. The astounding thing about it is it's not just the gig economy that they, they, they messed around with. Um, it goes beyond that. Uh, and if the article doesn't get into it, cause I think I posted this before every, all the, all the other fallout came to fruition. Uh, it's a mess. Uh, last Tuesday night, as many California residents slept in their beds, the state legislature passed a bill that's expected to impact hundreds of thousands of independent contractors across the state. For months now, the state assembly has been debating controversial legislation seeking to redefine how companies classify independent contractors. Directed at the gig economy, which is comprised of mainly contractors, Assembly Bill 5 proposes changing the status of workers within the state from freelancers to actual employees, completely changing the model of the burgeoning sector. Major gig economy participants, Lyft and Uber, spent a fair amount of money trying to fight this legislation, but to no avail. It passed with a vote of 29 to 11, and it is expected to be signed by Governor Gavin Newsom soon, putting the future of California's gig economy in question, if not the entire country. The gig economy exists for a reason. Over the last several years, the gig economy has grown significantly across the country. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, in 2017, 55 million people, or more than 35% of the U.S. workforce, were participants in the gig economy. By 2020, that number is expected to jump to 43%. These numbers should serve to prove just how popular the gig economy is with both workers and consumers. But California labor activists are concerned that gig workers are being treated differently from most employees. In a sense, they are not wrong, because when it comes to the gig economy's unique model, employee, quote-unquote, takes on a different meaning than it does in other sectors. But that isn't necessarily a negative. As a traditional, full-time employee, most are required to work a certain amount of hours for their employer each week, usually doing specified office hours. If work needs to be missed for some reason, your employer will usually give workers a set amount of sick or vacation days to use at their disposal. In exchange for your work, your employer may offer you other benefits, but there are also protections that come with this official employee status. Worker protections that fall under the Fair Labor Standards Act, Americans with Disabilities Act, or other civil rights acts that are meant for employees, not contractors. The same is true with minimum wage, overtime pay, health insurance, and unemployment insurance. All this considered, you might ask yourself, what makes the gig economy appealing to workers? The answer is simple. Freedom and flexibility. Uh, contracting versus employment. An Uber driver does not punch a clock, nor does he or she subscribe to any set work schedule. Instead, gig economy workers are free to work or not work whenever they choose. If you wake up and decide you want to go on vacation, you can. You don't need to call your boss or use your vacation days. You just choose not to work that day. 
This flexible arrangement has proven popular, especially with young workers, and it has given many Americans a chance to better their lives by allowing them to supplement their incomes whenever they can. A recent college grad earning $40,000 a year may quickly discover this isn't enough to cover rent, living expenses, or student loan payments in California. However, since driving for Lyft or Uber allows you to make your own schedule, many are able to work during the day and drive a few hours at night while being able to pay their, all their bills. This flexibility and income are precisely why so many people have been eager to participate in the gig economy, even if it means giving up other benefits offered in traditional employee-employer settings. Sure, someone looking to make a few extra bucks could get a part-time job, but that would still involve coordinating schedules and being required to work a set amount of hours. This just isn't feasible for everyone, nor is it desirable. Plus, most jobs have a lengthy hiring process, but for those needing additional income now, the gig economy lets them onboard quickly and get right to work. Ultimately, these gig economy workers may have a choice to forego these employment perks, but because they believe the benefits of the gig economy outweighs any potential negatives, and it is their right to do so. Yet, despite this being a personal decision that should be made by each individual, the state of California has presumed to understand the wants and needs of each gig economy worker through the passage of AB5, and the entire gig economy may suffer as a result. A different landscape. If, but mostly likely when, Governor Newsom signs the bill into law, the gig economy is going to look quite different in California. For starters, each company will have to apply the ABC test to determine a worker's status. In 2018, the California Supreme Court handed down its ruling in the case of Dynamex Operations West versus the Interior Superior uh, versus the Superior Court of Los Angeles. Excuse me. The ruling, now known as the Dynamex decision, dealt with the employment status of issue of contracted delivery drivers and instituted the ABC test as a means of determining whether or not a person is an employee or a contractor. The ABC test specifies that a contractor must be A, that the worker is free from the control and direction of the hirer in connection with the performance of the work, both under the contract for and the performance of such work. B, that the worker performs work that is outside the usual course of the hiring entity's business. And C, that the worker is customarily engaged in an independently established trade, occupation, or business of the same nature as the work performed for the hiring entity. If a worker does not explicitly meet this rather broad set of criteria, they are considered an employee, not a contractor. This means that companies like TaskRabbit, DoorDash, Uber, and Lyft will have to treat these individuals as employees, offering them minimum wage, benefits, and all the perks that go along with it. The gig economy was never meant to be a traditional sector, so treating it as such belittles what it actually is. In fact, much of the reason it has been so profitable for all involved is because its model is brilliant. With Uber, for example, the cars are owned by the contractors, saving Uber overhead cost of buying property. And since these drivers are willing to, tr to trade traditional worker benefits for the freedom to earn money whenever they want, Uber has also been able to cut costs and give more people the opportunity to supplement their income. But when AB5 goes into effect, which could take a while given how it completely upturns the sector, these companies will suddenly be left with costs for which they never planned. For many, these costs will be impossible to afford and could signal their end. And with fewer gig e economy options available to workers, that means less financial opportunities for would-be Californians, or for hardworking, for would-be hardworking Californians. In anticipation of the new law, Uber has already had to cut hundreds of employees in a massive layoff, 
When the law goes into effect, it will only get worse. An isolated incident. Hopefully, other states won't use California as an excuse to implement similar policies, but therein lies the real danger with AB5. Now that one state has committed to essentially dismantle the gig economy, it is likely that others will follow suit. California legislatures may think they are protecting workers, but their actions will have the opposite effect. Each person should be allowed to decide the nature of their relationship with their employer. If you want to take the traditional route, that's your prerogative. The same is true if you choose to participate in the gig economy. Uh, so your thoughts, MC, on the gig economy in general. Um, I thought there was too much Uber in this because I'm not necessarily a big fan of Uber. Uh, but gig economy work in general um, ver versus the state mandating <laughs> who is and who is not a, a contractor. Um, well, yeah, I, I, I really like the idea of being able to work uh, whatever hours you want, when you want. and uh, You don't have to quit your job every time you want to break or not. It's yeah. like, it's a, it's, it's really an ideal situation for a lot of people, especially people who just want to work some extra hours. So, um, yeah, the government getting in involved is going to mess that up for sure. Um, not much more to say. It just, it sucks for California and, uh, and so if you're in a gig economy in California, start, start making plans now to extricate yourself from that environment <laughs> yeah. while you still can. So on the other hand, um, I, I don't know how it's going to, there, there's some people that do Uber basically full time. So I right. don't know if it's going to affect them so much or not, you know, uh, I guess Uber would have to pay, uh, pay their health, health benefits, I guess. I don't know As what the it, laws in California like yeah. here. I don't know what the I don't even know what the law really is in New Hampshire. I know I'm still not covered by anything because it's it's prohibitively expensive for me to take on my employer's coverage um, because they're not required to pay for all of it, right? Like mm -hmm. if, if I want to be even even my full time job, if I want to if I want to purchase insurance through the employer, I purchase insurance through the employer. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that arrangement because I don't know what the law says. Um, but it's still like, I don't want to, I don't, and you know, the employer pays a portion of it, but I don't want to, it's still expensive on my end. And I don't want to, I don't want to incur the extra cost or rather get the extra pay. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know what it is in California if they would require, be required to provide health insurance for all, you know, all employees. Um, the follow up article that I saw regarding this was it was going to like destroy uh, the independent trucker industry in California as well, like the, the long haul truckers that aren't working for like a major trucking company mm -hmm. because they're contractors, right? It's a, you own the truck, you, you get the, you take the job and off you go on the road, hauling the goods. Um, and even those guys are now going to be treated as employees of whatever company is doing the shipping. Right. So mm -hmm. they did. It's a, it's a whole mess. Uh, hopefully the, the governor like comes to his senses somewhat, uh, prior prior to signing it uh i just I, man the, this this isn't the only article that i found on it and the it the 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 ramifications are so severe that it's it's amazing that it passed so significantly 29 to 11 right like you know 70 75% for destroying the california not the just the gig economy but just wrecked the entire economy in general when all of these, when all these independent contractors have to be treated by employees, 
uh, and how that and all the fallout of that, right? That's why I said th- this article I think focused a little bit too much on Uber because that's the one everyone knows and recognizes. Um, but it's it's anything that you know is going to be considered a, an independent contractor, uh, right? Here, but the the storage place that I work for, we're like we're shorthanded, um, and so my boss, you know, said, "Hey, you know, do you, do you think M wants to work uh, for you know a, f- a few shifts?" I go, "Well, I will put you in contact, but you need to talk to her." Um, and uh, apparently, it's I don't know where they are because everything moves so slow here, which is weird. It's another thing that's weird, right? Every I always heard like East Coast man, they move so much faster up there. And it's not true. New York, maybe. <laughs> I think people think New York when they say that. Mm-hmm. But everything is so slow here uh, <laughs> as far as far as getting things done, right? Like nothing gets done in any sense of in a timely manner here at all. No, Just, no urgency. Huh? No urgency at all. Like zero, complete lack of urgency. So it's easy to fall victim to that. And, and again, so like nothing's happened for, you know, uh, close to a month on this now. But the last time that I was involved in the conversation, I said, well, you guys are doing it wrong, right? She's not an employee she's a contractor she does you know she does business consulting she's currently you know doing her other uh her other gig uh you know work you know doing the doing the training and whatever for the the employer she had back home when we were still in hawaii um but what you should do is just make her a contractor because then it's a win-win right then then you don't have to worry about you know payroll and all this other stuff you just you pay the invoice like you would a contractor and she, you know, gets to the, the, the win-win for her. She gets to list you as a client, not a, not an employer, which is good for her overall business. And she just does the same thing she would normally do, you know, when she, when you need her, right. You only need her to come in like, you know, once or twice a week, uh, to whatever, to different facilities. So it's not even like an employee at the same facility. It's a, it's a floater type of job that you just get coverage when necessary. So I'm like, why, I don't know why you guys aren't discussing this. Um, and again, I don't know why nothing has been done yet. Like I haven't gotten a solid yes or no from either side on whether or not this is going to happen at all. (laughs) And again, it's just bizarre. It's just bizarre that no one thinks about, you know, the independent contractor route. Um, and I did the independent contractor thing for like a year. Um, when technically I probably should have been an employee because when I started to act like an independent contractor, they told me, no, like you can't do that. (laughs) You know? Uh, but I did, uh, I was the hiring manager for uh, an insurance company. Uh, but the way they got away with it is I was like the personal assistant, the hiring manager assistant uh, to an individual agent. So I didn't get a company paycheck. I got paid directly from the agent, right? Uh, you know, and it was, a, it was a small stipend with commission and bonuses. And, you know, so there, there were some days that I, I made all the phone calls I needed. I did all the interviews that I had scheduled. Uh, and then I went home. And they said, no, you can't go home. You've got to sit in the office until 4 because we close at 4. <laughs> I went, I, there's nothing for me to do in the office. I'm just sitting in the office. I could just be sitting at home. Like, I, I've made all my calls. I've got them, my, all my interviews scheduled, and I'm, I'm set. I'm done. I'm leaving. Um, so in that case, right, like, I don't mind the independent contractor status. Uh, independent contractor status and salary, right, salary plus commission. If, if, you know, if, I, if I did everything that was required of me for that day and I got it done quicker than I needed to, um, that's my day at that point, but they didn't treat it as such. And, you know, shortly thereafter, of course, you know, parted ways on to bigger and better things. So I thought, um, but yeah, and, and, but I didn't complain at all about being an employee, right? I didn't complain or I didn't complain at all about not being an employee. It just, it is what it is. You know, 
I did, I did the work they wanted me to do. I was, you know, fairly good at my job. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't the best, but I was like, I think I was second. I was second best in that office as far as, uh, the, the hiring managers. And I you know, and, and the other one, the other one that was like better than me is cause like the husband was the agent and the wife was like the hiring manager. So she was like way more incentivized and he was a much better agent, um, than, than my guy. Uh, like my guy was like really good to work for, but you know, as far as like, you know, who do you want to work under? Do you want to work under the guy like who's doing a bunch of commissions, uh, and, and can show you how to, to make a ton of money? Or do you want to work under the guy who like shows up in an Aloha shirt while everyone else is in a suit, just kind of like cruising it, man, you know, that was my guy, the guy <laughs> in the Aloha shirt while everyone else is in a suit. Going, like, dude, you were supposed to wear the suit today. So, oh, is that today? Oh man. Oh, well, you know, kind of, <laughs> so, 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 uh, props to me, shout out to me for being, for being good <laughs> under those circumstances as well. Um, unfortunately I found out later that he passed away. Like after I, after I left the company, like within a few years, he, he died like early, like a massive heart attack kind of a thing after all that relaxing, you know, laid back and whatever. I learned a lot from him too. So I'm not even saying that, but again, my choice to not be an employee, I like the contractor status. Um, it was one of the few times, you know, that I was like, man, I get like, there's, there's no withdrawals from my paycheck, right? You, you cut me a check for the agreed upon amount and that's it, you know, and so be it. And that was fun too. So I, I really enjoyed that whole contractor status, uh, you know, from, from the anarchist perspective, makes it a lot easier, uh, to not pay taxes because you get all the money up front. Uh, and then it's your choice whether or not to let them know how much money you made or not. Um, right. And some, and some, you know, so you would, you should want that type of arrangement. You should always want the, the, yeah. and I, the most but money I think, most freedom. I think you just hit the nail on the head, actually. Um, part, part of the reason why, yeah, California doesn't want p- people in the gig economy is because then they don't have as much control over it. No tracking. Um, so, and, and, and they want everybody to be on their, you know, healthcare system and, and, and on and on it's like they, they want everybody has to have the the same amount of interference in their lives and and so yeah it's really sad that uh because because uber has had some success uh or anybody in, in the gig economy it's because it's important <laughs> they they want to shut it down and yeah. so and it's, it's going to affect, you know, co- contractors that have been contractors for a long time, not ju- you know, not just the new tech companies that are coming out. So, And across industries that wouldn't, like I said, that wouldn't even be considered gig economy, right? right. Like independent truckers and other, indepe- you know, other independent uh, contractors don't fit that the, the gig economy, uh, like criteria, right? They're, they just happen to be independent contractors. Uh, not that it's they're like, oh, my secondary part-time gig outside of my normal job, bro. Um, like most people think of with the gig economy, like Uber and uh, was it Uber Eats and DoorDash, right? That's a lot of people may be doing that full-time, but the, the I think the vast majority of those people are the ones that go like, eh, no, it's Friday night. I got nothing else going on. I'll flick on the Uber app and I'll go make some money or the Lyft app or whatever. Because again, I don't want to make this too much money. Yeah. But it, it affects like the entire independent contractor uh, economy of which the gig economy is a small portion of. And I think that's where California has the real, where the real damage is going to be done in that, in, in California and, and maybe elsewhere 
is destroying the entire uh, independent contractor sector as opposed to just uh, you know people trying to make some extra money uh, after school or after work. Moving yeah, Cal- California's oh, already messed up anyway. But it's gonna, yeah, I that's guess why. It's Extricate keep, yourself from that situation as quickly as possible. Keep getting worse, I guess. <laughs> only, only one direction dialed. All right, moving on. Sure. All right. Um, we're going to, or uh, unfortunately, we're going to skip the indigenous man uh, only because, like I said, it's a longer one. And I think we've only got a few minutes left here. Uh, so here's the short one. Don't hate me because I bag my own groceries. Uh, another West Coast thing, man. And I, I found this one, ironically, uh, after getting into like, not a, I'm not an argument, but my, my stepdad posted a thing uh, on Facebook, of course, about how, you know, you shouldn't go to the self-checkout line uh, because it kills jobs and you're doing work on behalf of the store. Like, you're doing unpaid work on behalf of the store. And then, you know, then uh, again, so I, I see that and I'm all, I'm rattled by that and I leave my comment on his thing. And then I come across this article, I go, oh my God, right? Someone smarter and more eloquent than me has put an article about it, so I wanted to bring this back onto the table. Don't hate me because I bag my own groceries. According to proposed Oregon ballot initiative, I am contributing to unemployment, social isolation, and underage drinking. When I buy groceries, I am almost always use the self-checkout line. I confess that I did not contemplate the broader social and economic implications of my choice until Tom Chamberlain enlightened me. Uh, Chamberlain, who is president of the Oregon AFL-CIO, last week announced that his organization will soon be collecting signatures for a ballot initiative that would prohibit grocery stores from operating more than two self-checkout stations at a time. His argument for imposing that restriction point, the way to a world in which efficiency-boosting innovations are automatically suspect, no matter how popular they may prove to be. Chamberlain's Grocery Store Service and Community Protection Act complains that self-service checkouts essentially turns customers into unpaid employees. See, same nonsense from, from, the, from the Facebook post. But if shoppers, <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous, uh, but if shoppers universally rebelled at the notion of scanning and bagging their own groceries, a law like this would hardly be necessary. Personally, I prefer self-checkout because I like to organize my groceries logically, which makes it easier to put them away once I get home. And although I'm pretty good at chit-chat, a skill developed during the years when self-checkout lines were less common, I'd just as soon avoid the effort. I recognize that people do not necessarily share my preferences. Grocery stores provide many people with their primary place of social connections and sense of community, said Chamberlain's Ballot Initiative, which argues that the increasing use of self-service checkouts contributes to the social isolation and related negative health consequences. Since grocery stores with self-checkout lines still provide live cashiers for people who relish small talk, this objection seems suspect. Chamberlain does not want to assure the availability of a social connection at the supermarket so much as limit the options of shoppers who find companionship elsewhere. Equally dubious is is Oregon AFL-CIO's claim that self-service checkouts are often used by teens to purchase alcohol. (laughs) <laughs> when I buy beer or wine in the self-checkout line, an employee comes around to verify my age. So this hardly seems like an insoluble problem. And I'm, I'm going to interject real quick because usually that stuff's like behind a locked cage of some kind, right? I don't know where they where they where they have the liquor in Oregon, um, but like beer and cigarettes is usually like ah, oh, you need to like ask for that and someone gets it for you, or like mm-hmm. the bottles will have the little you know the theft resistant cap on there where you can't get it off. Okay, moving on. No, not, not really. 
go to any supermarket in Hawaii. The alcohol is just out out on the shelf. Really? Yeah. Maybe it's been a while for me. I mean, like beer and stuff is like out on the shelf, but I, you yeah. know, the the hard liquor section is not be you know behind like a liquor mm, store. Maybe I'll have to check again. All right. I don't know. It's been a while. Same here. In <laughs> case you're not think convinced, so, though. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I know some but, places. I know some places they they have like the beer and the the alcohol and wine out, but they yeah. have these like theft prevention caps on there that the the, the cashier has to take off. Otherwise, you end up yeah, busting the it, bottle. To get I think it, so you, it you depends it. what neighborhood it's in. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But but uh, yeah, there. So there are self self checkout aisles, and and like like the article says, yeah. Some if you scan alcohol, then somebody will come over and. You know, they have to push the button or else it won't yeah. let you buy it. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I, so either way, equally dubious. In case you are not convinced that self-checkout machines lead to social isolation and rampant adolescent alcoholism, the Oregon FAL-CIO is getting closer to the heart of its complaint. Also urges that they hurt employees and union members' ships by undermining morale, eliminating jobs, and replacing full-time with part-time positions. Furthermore, the increasing use of self-service checkouts has a disproportionate negative impact on people of color. Evidently, shoppers who use the self-checkout line are not only antisocial, they may be also racist, or at least racially <laughs> insensitive. Yet Chamberlain's logic condemns not just self-checkout stations at grocery stores, but all manner of innovations that boost efficiency, reduce prices, and increase consumer satisfaction. As my reasoned colleague Christian Richke recently noted, can't even, I don't know how to pronounce that. The self-service grocery stores that Americans have come to take for granted since the early 20th century, which allows them to pick their own purchases rather than relying on clerks to fetch them, likewise eliminated certain jobs while saving time and money. Grocery shoppers, especially those of modest means, also have benefited from the enormous increases in agricultural productivity that reduces food prices while making it possible to feed a growing population even as the number of Americans working on farms fell from 12 million in 1910 to fewer than 2 million today. If lost jobs, quote unquote, were a sound reason to dictate what products and services businesses may offer, we would have to do without a long list of modern conveniences, including ATMs, vending machines, fast food restaurants, computers, smartphones, streaming video, electronic books, and online retailing. Yet such innovations are ultimately good for employees as well as consumers. They may eliminate jobs, but they also create jobs both directly and indirectly, leaving consumers and businesses with more money to spend and invest. Assuming that the AFL-CIO's initiative qualifies for the 2020 ballot, can we count on Oregonians to see through its economic illogic? Since it's illegal in most of Oregon to pump your own gas, maybe not. All right, so aside from the alcohol issue, MC, uh, I know that you said in, in at least one instance with uh, ice cream vendors, you prefer the human interaction. Uh, so do you use the self-checkout line? Is that is that part of your lifestyle now? Well, the only reason I use the self-checkout is if it's faster. So if there's a line, uh, I will go to the self-checkout. So, nice. Um, yeah. That's kind of so. how I feel. But it's starting to balance out in my experience. At least, uh, you know, today I was in a Walmart. Um, and I, I was like, man, I've only got like four things, right? I got the, I got the essentials, uh, for the weekend and I'm just going to hit the self-checkout and be out of there. And no, there was, there was like all of self-checkouts were full and there were people waiting on them. Um, so I went and found the shortest line and went through that instead. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. whatever is faster really. Um, and it, 
I think it works good as overflow. So if if there's a whole bunch of cashiers and and uh, you know they're 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 all taken up, then the self checkout should is a good overflow. So it, yeah, it makes things more efficient, really. And in a lot um, of places, it allows one person to monitor like you know six registers, right? Because you got like you know however many self checkouts there are, and one clerk there going like just taking a look, everything okay over there? You got it? All right, thumbs up, good. All right, cool. You know, so they're they're not scanning through six people, uh, mm-hmm. you know, waiting in line, but they can they can effectively monitor the the checkout of six individuals, give or take. MC. Yeah, that's that's about all I have. It's cool. All right. Yeah, uh, final out. thoughts then? We're like we're we're <laughs> up against the clock. No thanks. Sweet. All right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com. Uh minds.com slash the anarchist experience. And Patreon. Like we're up we're we're like doubled our subscribers on Patreon since the last time I checked in, MC. Uh so we we've got them now. Subscribers, so get on that. Uh patreon.com slash the anarchist experience if you'd like to contribute to the show financially uh you may do so there Uh, otherwise talk to y'all next week peace